Welcome to this week's FoxCast. I'm Sonny Fox, and this week, it's the bad boy of comedy himself, Doug Stanley. And like every time I interview Doug, this is very uncensored and very funny, too. It all happened when Doug stopped by the New York studios when he was in town performing. So welcome to New York. Thanks. It's, uh, it's, it's as dismal as ever. I was going <laughs> to say, uh, I was going to ask you some stupid question. Like, when you come to New York, what's the one thing you like to do? I like to watch the emptiness in people's faces <laughs> when they realize that even when the Yankees win, their lives still suck. Right. That, that hangover where they go, oh, wow, we won. And you go, no, you didn't. Look at you. You're still wearing an orange reflective vest on your hump job as you spend your life setting orange cones around things for a living. And the Yankees win didn't change a thing. Your brother's still retarded. Your rent's still late. <laughs> Yeah, everything still sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> By the way, we spent, Go the, Jeter. We spent the whole uh, morning this, uh, yesterday uh, on the show th- trying to find out from our listeners how to say fuck you in Japanese to what's his name? Uh, you know what? My manager's sitting right here and he's fluent in Japanese. They're asking how to say fuck you in Japanese. Oh, uh, I think probably you want to say, uh, you direct it at the uh, person who say, Bakana Yatsu very good. We only watch baseball, my my girl and I, because we want to see the Yankees lose. We don't care yeah. for the sport at all. But in the playoffs, we'll watch, especially if the Yankees are in, to hope they lose. Yeah. And uh, we agreed that uh, this year that uh, uh, Matsui was the only guy on the Yankees that wasn't an absolute douchebag. <laughs> because he can't speak English. Well, then I didn't know that. Then, yeah, I know he's been on the team forever, and then after they won the World Series, then we saw him come out and still have to use an interpreter. And you go, wow, he, even he's a douchebag. He's been here for like 10 years, and he can't even say, oh, we have the best fans, or any of the other rhetoric. Right. Like, like, how many sentences do the ones who speak English say? Wow. Well, we, you know, we, we tried our best, and we tried to fight it out every game, and, you know, we have the best fans in the world. Blah, That's blah, how you blah, have to blah. learn in English. Right. Yeah. And, oh, and uh, thank God. Don't forget yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> thank Jesus thank for the Thank the Almighty. Win. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I want to thank your manager. What's his name? That's Brian Hennigan, the filthy Scotsman, but he's uh, also a, a Japanese. I was going to say, it doesn't sound be. very sound Japanese to me, Brian Hennigan. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude, Clark Adams, that killed himself. <laughs> we did this. We used to have this party every year in Death Valley for about seven years. Just uh, about like 70 or 100 of us. We'd go out, way out in the middle of fucking nowhere in Death Valley. And every year we'd go. And just this colossal drug use and, you know, booze and no cops and fucking loose women and tight women and tight men and loose stool and sunburns and fucking <laughs> juvenile drug abuse, like stupid shit. Like one year we were snorting chopped up Ritalin at the end because it was all that was left. It just like teenager stupid shit. And this was the year, two years ago, Steve Fawcett went missing. Steve Fawcett, they just found his remains. He was a billionaire adventurer is what they kept referring to him as. Some fucking adventurer. Is that a career choice? You're a fucking Cape Fear Community College for adventurer? The fuck is it? Because I think... I think... An adventurer is nothing but someone who takes unnecessary risks with their own life for no benefit to humankind, just to get some adrenaline and have some fun. I'm not against it. You know, he's a fucking 60-year-old billionaire. It's hard to have fun when you're 60 years old and you have a billion dollars. 
And I know that because I'm 42 years old and I have $9,000 and I'm out of ideas. <laughs> Fucking, I, I have nothing to spend it on. I'm, I'm bored shitless. <laughs> I will die with that $9,000 still sitting there. And he's a billionaire. He's bored with shit I couldn't even comprehend or make up. He just has fucking picks up the yellow phone to have small Indonesian toddler boys air lifted in, covered in the finest talcum powder and chucked out of a fucking C-130 cargo plane in a cartoon crate and they waft down on a parachute into his backyard of his ranch. He runs out in his PJs, his stocking PJs, like a kid at Christmas. The boys are here, the boys. And he cranks that thing open and he gets ping pong paddles and he starts paddling them on their talcumed bottoms and the powder comes up and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the pink bottoms show through the talcum powder and he goes, okay, these are spent. Order more. And he goes, it's not as fun as it used to be. Let me go into my giant aquarium and my 40-ton blue whale. I'll walk through his jaw and sit in my smoking room in his belly and think of a new idea. So I am bored. I'm just saying, he can do that kind of shit. I understand why he does crazy shit and tries to raise balloons around and break land speed records or whatever. I just don't know why he gets to be called an adventurer I'm taking the same adventures in the same desert 400 miles south. I'm just doing them with my brain and chemicals and, and stuff. Because I don't have a billion dollars to get hydroplanes and jetpacks. I have to do lines of mocaine in Death Valley. where you, That's where you chop up your mushrooms with the cocaine and you grind it all up in a one big fat line and you do a red... It's the worst idea in the entire history of the Death Valley Desert Party. But someone said the word mocaine, everybody laughed, so we had to try it for reals, just to make it official. And it was fucking terrible, because you get the same post-nasal cocaine drip going down the back of your throat, but now it's mushroom-flavored. And if you've never done psilocybin mushrooms, it's the most awful flavor any angry god could create. Because he doesn't want just anyone going through his fucking jewelry drawer and finding out his secrets. So, uh, so we did that. Uh, point was, yeah, fucking even X Games guys, they fucking, or extreme fucking snowboarder dude, whatever. You fucking, oh, it's a fucking, hey, we're going up to Mount Hood because there's a disastrous storm on its way in and we're going to go off trail and they get buried by a fucking avalanche. And all of a sudden, the, the National Guard's out there and Wolf Blitzer's fucking announcing candlelight vigils, hoping everyone rushes out of the bar and chucks pool cues into a snowbank, hoping to hit hot meat and be a hero and get on the news. <laughs> These guys are celebrated. Well, how's my adventure different from fucking snowboarder shithead? I'm taking unnecessary risks. They're just in my own head. Just because he's a snowboarder, he's an extreme sportsman. That's a cool fucking adventure. Why? Because you get rock-hard abs and chiseled calves, and all I get is you know, perhaps understanding and empathy for the human condition. Oh, but what's that worth? Fucking nothing. Doug Stanhope is our guest this week. Dougie, I understand you almost quit smoking over in England because you were sick for a while. No, I did. Did you? Oh, you quit yeah. altogether? Yeah, I have quit. Oh, no. 
I'll fall off the wagon eventually. Because <laughs> yeah, as, as my girlfriend leaves me alone for a full week, is that, is that bingo? <laughs> yeah, bingo. I remember because my she, I, she's supposed to be here, but she forgot her ID, and they wouldn't let her in this you know, uh, Fort Knox of a building. <laughs> You're kidding uh, me! So she's wandering the streets of New York, trying to buy shoes somewhere. She, they wouldn't let her in the serious building because of the not ID? without ID. Oh, bunch of I'm sure we could have pulled strings, but it was easy mm. to just give her a handful of money and Walk send her out into the streets I'm, of New York. I'm glad in you're her not pink bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're not smoking anymore. But my favorite memory of you is that club you did Wise Acres outside of Washington D.C. Oh yeah, and yeah. you were sick that day. You were staying at the hotel and you go, oh, the show's about to go on. Where's Doug? He comes down the elevator in his bathrobe with a cigarette <laughs> in one hand, a glass of whiskey was it in the other? Uh, no, it's Jaeger probably Meister. wine or Jaeger. Yeah, yeah, right. He goes up on stage. <laughs> Fuck you! It was Jaeger. <laughs> the audience. It was what a great beginning. It was great. <laughs> Back to New York for a second. Well, that was one of those clubs where the 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 club was right in the hotel. So you just hit the <laughs> lobby button and you basically walk on a stage right. and then you say goodnight and hit the floor you're on and go back to bed. I was surprised you like your dick wasn't hanging out of the bathroom or something accidentally because you were well, uh, that's, very that's, casual. That's the late show. <laughs> <laughs> Sonny always missed the late show. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I had to get up early. You Wait, know. Doug, well, you by know, the way, we were recording, oh, Doug, in the second show I wasn't there. And he decided to make me the scapegoat. That fucking fox. Oh, yeah, I got to get up tomorrow. I did the whole five minutes on it. It was great. That's <laughs> uh, my favorite routine. By the way, uh, you're in New York. You've been coming to New York for a while now. Do you miss the old days, the late 70s, early 80s, the peep shows before Disney took over? Uh, yeah, I miss the late 70s being all 11 and shit. <laughs> <laughs> 11. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you remember the the, the 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 New York of the old days though? Before they, I, you know, I never. No, I was. I mean, I I've been here off and on since I, I started, but uh, I never. I don't go around in New York. I hide. I don't mm-hmm. like the city. I really don't. So when I'm here, I don't. Like, if I'm gonna jack off to something, it's at home in a closet. Well, you actually speaking of uh, hiding, you got locked into your room, didn't you? In North Carolina, oh, yeah, yeah, North you know, Carolina. Tell us that story. I, I bet nobody believed that story. Yeah, no, they, I, I mean, I got out. I have pictures and everything to pr- prove I was locked in my room. He was but, locked uh, in his room, couldn't make the show. Now, what happened? No, right? no, I made the show. Oh, but, you, uh, oh, yeah, no, I was just I went to leave my room and the door was jammed, and uh, so I called the front desk and they tried to open it from the outside and they couldn't. I like I have a show in twenty minutes. And they <laughs> called a locksmith at. 8.30 on a Saturday night. I'm sitting there like uh, I'm in a you know uh, an aquarium. Uh, it's not really a funny story to repeat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just realized. But you but got yeah, out got, anyway. Yeah, I got out. But uh, well, I mentioned, okay, you weren't around New York in the early 70s, but you certainly have seen your share of adult shows. How about the banana lady? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah, I ate the banana out of some elderly uh, Japanese woman's vagina <laughs> Okinawa. Uh, you were the star of the show. Basically. Yeah, I don't have good stories like that anymore. That's the thing that sucks about getting older, Sonny, is all those great things that you used to do that you talk about on stage, and now I'm 42, and I'm going, wow, I should really go eat something out of some person's hole. <laughs> Something just to get some new material. So you've here. reached you reached the point where your dick isn't dictating what you do as much anymore. You yeah, but you know brain. that's where the good stories come from for stage. So you kind of like trying to force your dick into awkward situations <laughs> just for new material, just to be professional in your business. 
Well, if anybody <laughs> knows how to top of my game, I better fist something. <laughs> right, right. Well, if anybody knows how to force his dick into something, it's you, Doug. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I try my best, Sonny. You know who's tempting me a lot lately? Oh, no, I don't The transvestites. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Judge not lest you be judged, my friend. They're good now. You, you got the they're transvestites. They build them from scratch now. It's not like the you know, 25 years ago, a transvestite's just some old dude in a wig on a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. <laughs> Time to make the donuts. There you go. Ah. No, they're, they're good. You don't even have to pretend you got tricked anymore. Right? Like, what do you, because they, they get everything. They got the breast implants and they got the ass implants. They got cheek implants. They got uh, hair extensions. They got all the electrolysis and collagen lips. And you're going, oh, how much surgery do they need before I'm not gay for doing it? There's going to be some line in the sand that you draw. Right? I'm staring right at her, topless in a G-string, and I don't, I'm going, I know you get a penis, but even if she had a vagina, I'd still probably try to poon her in the ass anyway, so what's the difference? What's the difference? How do I lose? I don't need any new friends of respect from you. That's why I... That's why I eat breakfast at a place in L.A. It's called the Yukon Mining Company. It's a shit restaurant, but it's got a smoking patio. It's outdoors so I can actually smoke and eat my breakfast at the same time. Ooh, what a free country we live in. Hey, man, how's it going? I forget your name. How you doing? Good to see you. Anyway, some guy I know. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, so I eat breakfast there, and... Uh, because, uh, but Santa Monica Boulevard, that's where all the transvestites hang out in L.A. It's, and you've seen transvestites. Seattle, you get plenty of, I'm sure you, you drive past a gay bar on Saturday night and you see them all lined up, dressed up like Judy Tenuta or Diana Ross or something. But you see the nighttime dolled up transvestites all ready to, you know, lip sync a you know, Billy Ocean song or something, whatever they do or... You don't see the breakfast transvestites. A breakfast transvestite, that's the one that will queer you away from the nighttime transvestite. Because when you see them shuffling in at 8.30 in the morning, <laughs> they don't have a wig on anymore. The makeup is all smudged and 5 o'clock shadows shooting through it. They still got really nice tits, but the dick is flopping around in sweatpants with no underwear. And you're going, man, thank God I didn't have that last shot of Jägermeister. <laughs> This could have been an awkward goodbye. Did you see the Mississippi dildo bust yesterday? Again, as one person was on CNN. Three states have uh, now... It's part of the whole FCC and the indecency crackdown they're having, and now three states uh, are enforcing anti-dildo laws. I don't know what they call them, but anti-dildo pretty much gets the point. It was on CNN, footage of big, fat... Pig cop walking out with fucking garbage bags of dildos, smiling, because he's real, he's finally put his foot down. And then head pig dildo is talking to, about how it's to protect the physical and mental safety of our citizens. Yeah, you. Yeah, the physical. Yeah. What if one of these double dongers had got into the hand of a child? What happens then? You don't want to see the child that has tried to use this implement of Satan into it. 
This could pull your anus inside out like an elephant's trunk. Do you want to see our children walking down the street holding their lunchbox in one hand and their truncated rectum in the other like a bleeding sea snake? What you said? I'm not picking on cops. Cops are, for the most part, cops are just doing their job. And I, just, I, I had to do a benefit show, and I make jo jokes about cops because they're an easy target for a joke, but I had to do a benefit show for fallen uh, families of fallen police officers. And I, I mean, it's something that makes you think, because uh, you do fuck with them, but it, it makes you realize they do risk their lives every day and get shit on all around. If you're a cop and you're sitting here, I'll buy you next drink, seriously. Are you, are you a cop? You're in training? This is sweet. Because <laughs> I'm lying. No, I'm making all this shit up. This is a sting operation. Here's your training right here. You know, you know how the cops do you when you get a, a warrant, you forget to pay a, a traffic ticket, so they send you a thing. Hey, you want a free TV. Uh, and you go, woohoo, I'm a winner. And you run down there with your thumb in your ass. Hey, I'm a winner. And then they arrest you and make fun of you on the news. This is a reverse sting. <laughs> I just want to see where you egomaniacs are sitting in case I want to score drugs after the show. I know who to avoid. I, I, I did a benefit for fallen police officers. Yeah, it was called the Pigs and Blankets Foundation. I masturbated through the whole event with a pinwheel hat on right in the front row. This week on Stand Up, Sit Down, our guest is Doug Stanhope. Doug's an inspiration because you're an honest guy. I've never seen anybody get on stage and uh, reveal themselves so much. I mean, uh, was there a point in your career where that happened to you? I mean, because you, you told me last time we talked, you were like uh, sort of a half-assed comedian in the beginning. You had your mullet on, your satin jacket, and you had a New York accent from somewhere. And <laughs> at one point, you turned into Doug Stanhope we know today, right? Yeah, when I started out, I was you know, 23. It was all jerk-off jokes and whatnot, because what else do you know when you're 23? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. But I yeah, mean, I, what was it? I don't it? know. At some point, uh, I know I, at one point I did a one man show in LA where I thought, oh, I'll take just a bunch of road stories and talk about those. And I, and I tried to, it, it was a one shot, you know, one night deal and it was fucking awful. But it's where I first started to try to, you know, make some of those stories like the transvestite hooker and the banana lady right. into stage worthy stories. And I, I think that's where I started really, you know, uh, digging deep and, talking about stuff that that i i wouldn't I, normally talk about right yeah or, or yeah stuff that i that wasn't just you know shock value dick jokey jokes right well yeah. I, you're truly an inspiration you really are and when, i'm <laughs> I serious tell, you I'm sound serious. inspired oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was speaking of inspired you went on and on in your website about how you admired Louis C.K. because he dumped Facebook in my no space. No shit. How much oh time do you God. spend on those things anyway? You know what? Now I, I used to go on the internet and it would be fun and you'd look up <laughs> stuff and you'd find new shit and you'd, you'd explore. And now right. I look at the computer like it's a pile of dirty dishes that it's a, it's, <laughs> it's a chore I have to do. Every time I log on, I know I got eight pages of emails I haven't answered and ten pages of MySpace and now there's Facebook and fucking Twitter and... 
you, know, you get to a point where you go, like, this used to be fun. I used to, <laughs> you know, used to be a creative place, the internet. And now it's just piles of laundry that I haven't gotten around to. Yeah, you sort of feel more obligated than, you know, fun. Right. But yeah, at this, you know, at the same time it does. It allows me to bring a crowd wherever I want to play rather than having to go to places that will hire me. Right. Uh, so it's a trade-off, you know. I'm not having to get up at six o'clock in the morning every morning to do fucking Clear Channel somewhere and tone it down for whatever Kiss FM you soccer do mom that? radio. You actually do those you, things. You used to have to do that, you know, before the Janet Jackson, you know, high watermark of radio's value. Uh, yeah, that's when you'd go to you'd play a comedy club, and you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning, you'd be up doing every stupid radio station or Good Morning Tuscaloosa, yeah. you know, Bobby and TV. the Bear, right? So, so you're big enough, like you don't need to do that shit anymore if you don't want to, right? Like, well, you've yeah, been working and that's long enough, mostly right? because of you know using social networking sites yeah. and my mailing list on my site at dougstanhope.com, yeah. and now I can reach my audience directly. Say, hey, I'll be playing a fucking Elks Lodge. Yeah. What's it matter to me? My audience doesn't care as long as they have beer and Jägermeister. My audience <laughs> is happy. I'm happy, and I you know I don't have to deal with that bullshit. You know the uh, you know the funny thing about child pornography. I mean, aside from the lack of credits at the end. No ego on that side of Hollywood, is there? Who did the editing on this film? It's seamless. I want to use them on my independent documentary, but no names, not even a nom de plume. Some people are in it just for the art. Thanks. Thanks very much. Not everyone's going to enjoy this show. Settle in. (laughs) oh that's fantastic not everyone's gonna enjoy the show and more so not everyone's gonna enjoy the cd even more people will not enjoy the cd (laughs) than will not enjoy the show and that's fine i've learned to live with that but the problem is that now a lot of people who don't enjoy the show uh, have a, a compunction to go home and blog about it. And that's bad because there's a good chance I'll find that blog someday. And it will make me really sad. I'll be at uh, some other gig on the other side of the world and I'll be, you know, uh, alone in a hotel room. I'm drinking vodka with yogurt because I drank all the mixers out of the mini bar. But I had that yogurt I grabbed from the Continental Breakfast, and I still have that. And I'm sitting on the computer, and I'm Google searching my own name on the internet. And that's a fucking sad night when you're in Copenhagen, Denmark, and you're drinking blueberry yogurt with vodka, and you're ego surfing your own name on Google blog search. It's a fucking sad night already. And I'm going to find your blog about this show and all your stupid opinions, and I'm not going to have the time or the ambition or... Even the physical dexterity to register to become a member of your blogosphere so I can comment back with my side of the story and find an email with a password. I won't have the time to... So let me circumvent that whole problem right here and now ahead of time and respond to your blog by saying, go fuck yourself. Who are you? What have you ever done? Think your stupid opinion counts? 
no one gives a shit what you think. You probably have a lot of fucking opinions. You probably have some stupid hump job where you have to wear like a, a orange reflective vest and you set cones around holes and you spout off your opinions to all your coworkers and bore them to tears and you go home and you log on to CNN.com to tell Jack Cafferty how you feel about the question of the day. You wait till the end of the show to see if he reads your stupid comment. Well, if Wall Street's getting a bailout, where's my bailout? That's my question, Jack. He never reads your fucking stupid comments. You go to town hall meetings and you bring up issues that are not even on the docket. And you go over your time till they have to bang the gavel. Sir, you're over your time, sir. And that's still not enough. So you sit at night on your stupid blog. Pineapple Express didn't live up to my expectations. I'm glad I waited for a video. Fuck you again. No one gives a shit. Writing horrible things about my act. You probably didn't even pay for the CD. You probably downloaded it illegally, which is fine, but then talk shit on top of it. Fuck you. I hate you. I hate you, and nobody even reads your stupid blog, because I know that, because I read the blog about how much I suck, and there was only two views and zero comments, and I think I might have read this one before. Stupid opinions. This week, our guest is Doug Stanhope. Friday in the morning. Oh, listen to you. I want Mr. Mr. I'm so cool. Tonight on fucking stage. Tonight. No, that was last night. Uh, I'm sorry. You had a shrink analyze you. It was now, very funny. Now, what is that all about? Why would you do that? I'll have you the, even I'll have on your the tape up at my website soon. I don't want to ruin it. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, it's a... A kind of gimmicky thing that's kind of fun. So like a jingle. You psychoanalyzed after you do your set. Now, were you under? Or you go under a trance? No, or? no. They just had to do the same kind of shit the Sopranos oh. do. You what? sit there and ask you a lot of questions. How does that make you feel? And <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think the guy would have come out and said, uh, actually, this guy's a complete sociopath. And I think he really needs to be watched. But I'm sure he thought it when he went home. Are you going to do that? With his head on his... <laughs> Head on his pillow, eyes wide open, wondering what responsibility he has to society to rat me out. Have you ever had the, the nerve to get up, or have you ever gone up on one of those hypnotist stages? If you're in the audience, maybe in Vegas, you've checked out a show. Have you ever been hypnotized? No, no. Are you afraid of that, like I am? No, no. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. No. Those, those people aren't hypnotized. They're just, they see an opening where they can be on stage and be complete you know make asses of themselves and have an excuse really much like the company christmas party where <laughs> betty has a couple of hot toddies and all of a sudden she has a lampshade on her head because she can say i was drunk i had too much to drink because it was socially acceptable to be drunk on that holiday occasion <laughs> speaking of holidays you sort of well it could have been a holiday you went to europe for a tour how long was that by the way uh, five weeks. Now, the yeah. first week was sort of a drag because you were sick in London, right? It's always a drag anyway. I was happy to be sick. Really? <laughs> Just like Betty and her hot toddies. It gave me an excuse to fucking loathe being there. I don't like Europe at all. Why, why not? It's just, it's ugly. Tell me it's about it. It's every reason I hate New York times 10. <laughs> it's, it's, it's dank and stone and mossy and wet and clammy, and it feels like an upper respiratory infection all the time. <laughs> and it's crowded and it's overpriced for a very little payoff. And they hate you because of your accent. And, uh, 
I can't figure out the money, and I could go on. <laughs> yeah. All the girls are ugly as shit, except in the Scandinavian countries where their beauty is absolutely wasted because they're the hottest chicks, like Norway and Sweden. They're fucking absolutely stunning hot, but really? utterly sexless at the same time. They're, 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 it's like beautiful, like children are beautiful. There's no, there's no fuck me in their eyes. There's no mm. inner porn. Right. It's just like they probably don't even have nipples. <laughs> probably well, don't even have folds. That's a great Babies de- come out of them powdered uh, <laughs> and dry. That's a great description. They're growing up kids, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just sweet, nice kind of. There's n- nothing that would want to make you, you know, roll them over. And <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, right. Well, Do they have peep shows over in Europe? There's no, no, there's nothing to jack off to at all over there in real life, in for sale, in any fashion. It's just absolutely benign and impotent. Well, they sell uh, pot, though. You, you Were you one of the countries? Yeah, where- I, I actually did. Uh, I smoked so, just a little bit of pot in Amsterdam because I was on ecstasy and something else. <laughs> yeah, it had but, to come uh, down. Right? Amsterdam is, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's the uh, exception to the rule. Yeah, they have they have nipples there. Yeah, and, right. And wet parts. Well, I'm glad you had a great time. It sounds like you had a wonderful experience. Yeah, well, I go over there and I steal their money and I come back here and I, I try to stimulate the economy. You come back and try to figure out how much you made. Right. Yeah, exactly. I still have no idea. <laughs> I, had a, I took a shuttle bus. I'm doing this gig and I took a shuttle bus. It would take me to the club. It's like a fucking holiday in some shitty fucking regular hotel. And I get in the shuttle bus this night, and uh, there's an older couple, you know, upper class, middle upper class, like 60s, yeah, you know, the gated community types. And I go, hi, hi. And uh, then the shuttle driver gets in, and she looks at me, and she goes, wait, you're the comedian from the comedy club, right? I go, yeah. She said, these people are coming to your show. You're both going to the same place. How about that? I go, oh, motherfucker, Jesus. <laughs> Stop, why did you do that to me? Like, first of all, I know they're not, they have no idea who I am. They're going to a comedy club because they think it's all Jay Leno bullshit. And, uh, but not only have I been thrown under the bus, and I know they're going to hate me, but now I'm stuck forced talking to them for eight minutes. <laughs> and making up sense doesn't sound like a long time. It's a fucking eternity. When you're just trying to make up small talk, whoever the f- six people I was with in the elevator know how awful I am <laughs> at trying to make small talk when I'm dead sober and trying to prepare for a show. And now I'm talking, and they don't want to talk to me either, but we're put into that social contract where every word I say is it's forced and it's unnecessary and it hurts. Every word feels like a tooth extraction and it's bleeding and it's like a brick being forced through a funnel, vomiting up a... Oh, so where are you from? And then a stagnant dead air. Well, we're down because our niece is graduating. That every second hurts. I don't get that with you guys. I drink with you guys after the show at the bar, and I don't. You know, that's it. When I talk to you guys, I know if you still want to talk to me after listening to an hour of my bullshit, it's probably gonna be interesting right away. 
if you listen to all the shit I say, there's no more need for pretense and social mores. You just say, hey, Doug, you know that thing you said about hydrocolon therapy? That's wicked funny, because when we were kids, my gay uncle Nick tried to suck a bullfrog out of his ass with a dirt devil, ended up tearing his colon wall it went septic. If my mom hadn't been there doing his laundry, no one would have known he might have died. And you go, this is so disgusting and compelling all at the same time with no buildup. It's just right there. You don't get that in a shuttle bus full of old fucks. Old country club fucks. <laughs> I'd like that. Come on in the shuttle. This is my wife. We were just talking about the night we met almost 40 years ago. You know, I raped her that night. It was date rape, they call it now, but it was rape. She was kind of drunk, and she was trying to shoo me off, but she was puking too bad to actually say no. And back then, there was so much shame and repression, she thought it would be better just to play along like she did want it, and we've been together ever since in a bitter, sniping relationship. I would love that. That would be a welcome exchange rather than eh, when we grew up all of this was nothing but <laughs> so I'm trying to be nice to these people I'm a nice guy I just, just don't have any common ground so it's nice and small talk but the more I'm being nice the more I feel like I'm being deceptive somehow where I should just be honest and say listen You'll never get what I do. It's not for you. Here's your money back. Go see a Bruce Willis movie. I don't want to fuck up your Saturday. <laughs> but somehow that would be considered rude. You won't get it. It's not for you. So I had to do the wrong thing by continuing to be nice, knowing the longer I'm nice, the more they build up, you know, some, the more they're going to be disappointed when they see my act because they will fucking hate what I do. And it made me wonder if any of the 9-11 hijackers ever got into a similar pickle with bad airplane conversation. <laughs> Where they're just trying to, trying to go do their gig and they got it all worked out in their head and they're trying to concentrate and then they get through the airport security and that box cutter is shaking in their pocket. It's showtime. We got to be ready to go. But then they sit them next to some chatty cunt back in coach. Oh, you got a middle seat. Come on in. Sit down. Want a piece of my USA today? You can have the money section. I'm just kidding. Nobody wants the money section. Anyway. I had no USA today. <laughs> That traffic at Logan was atrocious. It's a very bad traffic. <laughs> Weather map shows a lot of thunderstorms in the Midwest. I hope we don't hit any turbulence. Yeah, turbulence. Oh, yeah, I don't like the rocky plane. <laughs> Long flight to Disneyland. Oh, it'll take a lifetime. Jesus fucking Christ. Here's your money bag, lady. Take the bus. You're not going to get what I do. You'll never understand. It's not for the mainstream. <laughs> Doug Stanhope is our guest this week. Nick DiPaolo, uh, you're a fan of Nick's, right? Yes, I'm a, a huge fan of Nick. I got to play a little clip. Uh, we were talking, and he did a special with me. And Nick, if you didn't know, used to sell steaks. Meat. Yeah, out of meat. his trunk. Yes. I was trunk uh, from door to door. Someone was, came to my door selling meat, and I go, you know, either Joe Rogan or Nick DiPaolo <laughs> told me they used to do that for a living. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're talking about the benefits of selling door to door. Check this out. You know, I did meet a few girls. There was one housewife who was like, 
you know, I was only like 21 at the time, and I think back on what a chicken shit I was. She was absolutely stunning. She was a, the wife of a lawyer, and uh, I went to her house. Next, she calls me back two days later, and I go there, and there's like three of her girlfriends there, you know. Really? They were like 10 years older than me at the time. and uh, They wanted a little action. They, well, they were just all, you know, I did my presentation, and they're all like leaning forward on their hands, smiling, and I was too stupid and too, you know, too broke to concentrate on pussy and I'm trying to sell my pork chops. Hey, how many times have you flashed back to that memory and seen the different version? Would, oh, Christ. Would you service them all and all the whole Oh, thing? absolutely. They, they, they have chicken wings in their mouths. I got them bent over the stove. They get chicken cordon bleu cooking. I'm throwing rice at them. They're all naked. And barking out commands. You do her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's the story of his days on the road. <laughs> Selling meat out of his trunk. Who would buy meat out of someone's trunk? I mean, you know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Desperate housewives. <laughs> right. uh, by the way, uh, this, you mentioned on your blog, on your on your website anyway, that people send you free shit. And you want to design I, Yeah, about, people send me free shit all the time, and I fucking love it. Now, the, it's always ridiculous stuff. But the Silver Surfer Vaporizer. The Silver Surfer Vaporizer. Thank you for letting me get a plug out on uh, <laughs> on satellite radio for this Silver what, what is Surfer it? Vap.com. It's one of these. It's a vaporizer. It was a... I don't, I'm not a pot smoker, so, so I get this random email saying, listen, uh, I'm so-and-so, I'm from uh, Silver Surfer, Surfer Vaporizer, and we don't advertise, we just send out free product and hope people will get the word of mouth out, and I'm like, and I'm thinking of vaporizer, like something old people use because they their lungs are right. cracky or something, I don't know, so I'm like, yeah, sure, send me a... Send me a vaporizer. Put it in Bingo's name, and she wonder why she got medical apparatus in the mail. Right. And, uh, and then it turns out it's one of these pot smoking things. So it's uh, yeah, it's just like three hundred dollar, you know, massive, ornate, gorgeous. Like you thing put your that, face it, in it, right? Like a, yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, it gets you high as shit, I guess. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so they sell I, this under the name of vaporizer. I mean, I, I suppose if you put Vicks in it, it would be you could fool. You could say it's for uh, congestion. Yeah, no, it's for aromatherapy is oh, what they oh, say okay, it's for. Right, uh, right. And that, hey, I'm sure I, I'm sure it works for that. <laughs> Again, I have no idea. I'm not a pot guy. I like yeah, hallucinogens, and I'll, yeah. I'll do a bump if I need to to get up for a second <laughs> show. But I, I've never been a pot guy, so uh, I don't know exactly the the, the, the science behind it, but. I love getting free shit, <laughs> and I'll, all my potheads will be happier to stop by now that I have new toys. Don't, aren't you worried, though, either way, speaking of hallucinogens, hallucinogens but, uh, back in the old days in California I lived there, aren't you worried that you know this LSD and stuff today is not safe I mean, it's not pure no, it's, it's not good that's the problem it's not you don't you don't see hunter s thompson shit with your dead grandmother crawling up your leg with a knife in your teeth at best you, you the walls are breathing a bit this yeah we missed out on all that good shit uh yeah mushrooms are there's nothing it's not like they're tainted oh these mushrooms are spiked yeah, they're natural. <laughs> There's some new shit out there I haven't tried, like 2CB and 2CE. And What's that? I, I don't know. It's, it's a new designer drugs, kind of knockoffs or you know, some kind of uh, refitting of ecstasy, I guess. I don't know. I haven't tried it, but as soon as I do, I'll let you know. Well, one of my favorite <laughs> stories Joe Rogan told was one time he got you high in that. Oh, what is DMT. That? Yeah, what is that? Is that, yeah. How do you synthesize something your brain creates when you die? 
I don't know. Again, I've never been on the production side of this drug problem, <laughs> Sonny. <laughs> I would think you would have done some research. <laughs> Not Timothy Leary. I'm just a deadhead, <laughs> so to speak. How disappointing. <laughs> well, anyway, what was that like? Dimethyltryptamine was like being blown into the center of the universe where you're, you're not even in the room anymore. You're not on the planet. You're you're gone for 10 minutes and there's absolutely no way to describe it. It's like learning the meaning of life uh, as uh, easily as reading it off of a bumper sticker. It's, Do you remember uh, it, though? Oh, yeah, I remember it. There's just no way to describe it. And mm. it's kind of, yeah, you, you, you come out of it going, oh, shit. I wouldn't look at... Uh, there was a generator on the lot of the man show at that time where I used to go out back and smoke. And for two days, I wouldn't look at it because I was afraid that I would make it explode with my mind. <laughs> there was so much electricity. I honestly, I knew it was a ridiculous thought, but at the same time, coming from where I'd been on that drug, I go, you know, there's no ridiculous thoughts anymore. Just nothing. don't look at the generator just to be safe. <laughs> He's the douchebag that ruined the man show. What? Really? Still? Still? You're putting that up? How many years? I did ruin the man show. I fucking raped its corpse. I ruined it horribly. Not a bigger turd has ever been seen on the airwaves. And you know what? So what? People write hate mail. You ruined the man show like it was some piece of comedic genius to begin with like it was some masterpiece like like i uh, like i tried to do monty python and the holy grail part two with jackie mason and andy dick no it was a turd anyway it was just their turd <laughs> i got paid a bungload of money to ruin that show i would ruin that show twice as much again for half the money I would do gay porn right now on this stage for that same paycheck. And you know what? I wouldn't really be worried about the integrity of the product. If you emailed me in six months and said, you ruined gay porn. <laughs> I guess I didn't try my best. Sorry. I didn't really put my back into it. Cut me another check. We'll try it again. What are you going to do? You ruined it. You ever come to Boston to do gay porn, I'll kick your sorry ass. There's nothing funnier than getting a death threat via MySpace. Don't you just write it in a children's birthday card? be just as intimidating as a MySpace comment. <laughs> Big care bear with a bouquet of balloons, die faggot scrawled across it. <laughs> Better get a gun. This guy's serious. I don't want, I don't have a gun. I want to I really shouldn't have a gun. I'm against gun control. I think guns should be out there, but I know I'm a responsible drunk and a drug user, and I should not, with a small man's complex, a big weakling, and a fucking lot of hate and talking shit in strange places, I should not be carrying 
a weapon. It's just responsibility. It's personal responsibility. Other people should learn that. Know who you are. I also am a violent alcoholic, and I know how I'm going to feel in the morning, and there's not going to be a lot to live for, and I should not have a Glock underneath the pillow before I can get a cup of coffee in me, a cigarette, and think things through. But I think guns are the great equalizer. It uh, puts everyone on the, an even keel. Chuck Liddell, badass mixed martial arts fighter, maybe baddest guy in the world. Put him in a cage with Hannah Montana and a 20-gauge. Vegas odds are dropping drastically. <laughs> this, uh, America has this reputation for violence that it, we, we don't really live up to. It's not that violent. We promote the shit out of violence and we make violent movies and we exploit a lot of violence on the news, but the face-to-face -face marketplace violence that you see is mostly, you know, chest-bumping shit-talking, waiting for the bouncer to come. Because I play over in the UK a lot, and they're way more violent over there. They're fucking maniacs. It's just any, any given night, you walk out into the street on a Tuesday, and the pub closed, and it's fucking UFC in the streets. Every corner, you don't know which fight to watch. They're just beating the shit out of each other for no reason whatsoever. Where are you from? Across the street? Fuck across the street. There's only one side of this street. I fucking slam and wham and thump and they... I was in Manchester, England, where they had a public service announcement in the toilet of the bar above the urinal, like you'd have here for, you know, don't drink and drive, give your keys to your friend or something. They had, don't beat up ambulance drivers. It was just, I don't remember the specific text, but that was the gist of it. Some crying football hooligan, and don't beat up, and you go, is that a real thing? That really happened? And they go, yeah, they, they do that. They evidently get so bored in their fucking projects over there that they call fake 911 calls and the ambulance shows up and they beat the dog shit out of it. But no reason, just they're bored. You go, maybe you should give these people fucking guns, man. Because <laughs> that's one thing that we give our kids in this country that they don't give children in a lot of other places. And that's false hope. We give our kids an abundance of false hope. And you say, oh, you could be president one day in America. You could kick field goals and win the Super Bowl. And none of that shit's going to happen. Your kid's going to grow up in the same fucking stupid cubicle that you rot in now. But you don't tell them that. Over there, they don't even have false hope. They have no hope whatsoever. As soon as you're old enough to hold a beer, they go, here's a Guinness. You're fucked. Just keep your mouth shut till the ambulance gets here. Doug Stanhope is our guest. Uh, you talked about the Relapse Theater in Atlanta. Now, that popped up since I've been down there. Relapse Theater is absolutely one of the it. best venues. I don't want to talk out of school too much because they have a, a very sordid past. No? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I guess at, at some point, uh, I don't know if it's a previous owner, but it, they ran it kind of like a speakeasy where it was just... And comics lived in the place, and but they have all these different rooms, and it's crazy and painted up in different ways. They have, some of the rooms they do improv in will have like couches and overstuffed chairs. And it's just this really crazy venue. It's, it felt like underground, like you serious, like a speakeasy of comedy. Really, and uh, it still has that vibe, even though they're legit now. Uh, but it still has that kind of you know anything goes, and you, you, it's almost like playing at somebody's house. 
Well, you've told me before that you like those kind of places because uh, the improvs of the world, they, they, half the audience is there because they decided not to go bowling. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, come to they see picked, you. yeah, they picked their entertainment out of whatever coupon they, they got latest. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, that, that, that I mean, at, at the relapse, some guy brought me a jug of moonshine into the green room, <laughs> and I've been given a, probably every kind of drug I've been offered or given at some point after a show, but never like the like a cartoon bottle with the with the one <laughs> ring X's. finger holder <laughs> on a big gallon jug with the three X's across. They got to put it over your it was the three X's, and I brought it up on stage, and I was drinking it, and I, I, go, I decided I'd pass it out to the audience because I'm not going to drink a gallon of moonshine. <laughs> Why not? And then it turned into this rugby scrum of everyone trying to chug moonshine. Did you drink it properly with the thing over your shoulder? You got to put it over your shoulder and like tip it forward and oh, turn your head. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what you're saying. No, I did not do that move. <laughs> that move did not occur to me. So when are you getting married to, uh, to uh, uh, Bingo? Never, never. Never? Against, it's the silliest institution, uh, unless you, you need it to get into the country and get citizenship or, you know... <laughs> You're dying, and you need the health benefits from the UPS guy that you've married. It's you. Marriage is the most. If marriage didn't exist, would you invent that? <laughs> no, I don't. Would you think ever so. look at the girl you're with and go, "Baby, I, I love you so much. We gotta get the government in on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Our love is way too powerful for just two people. We need some federal oversight and legislation." <laughs> Doug, we appreciate your time, and thanks for being a guest. I wish you the best, Doug. You're one of my heroes. You're really I love you, sir. All right. Thanks, Doug. Doug Stanhope, one of a kind. I, I'm a big fan of Doug's. Hope you enjoyed that. Next week, another show, another surprise guest. We hope you enjoyed it. If you like it, tell your friends. It, all the episodes are available at sunnyfox.podbean.com. That's sunnyfox.podbean, B-E-A-N.com. Okay? Until then, thanks for listening.